Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. There are 13 million women-owned businesses in the U.S., representing 42% of all businesses. Yet, there is still such significant disparity, revenue, and capital that they get between women-owned businesses and others. So what can you do? What can I do? What can we do together? Well, at Pet Boss Nation, we love using this podcast platform to share stories and different businesses of female-owned companies. And since March is Women's History Month, I wanted to include a couple Pet Boss Club members who I know have made history in their own way in the pet industry, paving their way in unique and different ways, such as many of us do. But I also want us to think deeper. We could all purchase more from women-owned businesses. We could find our group of female entrepreneurs to buddy up with and support and mentor. And if you are a woman-owned business, you could even join an organization like WBENC, the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, and become a certified woman-owned business so that you can gain access to a huge network of support, targeted business opportunities, increased visibility, and resources to grow your business. And one of my guests today may actually talk a little bit more about this because it's something that she is working on for her pet business. Today, I am interviewing Heather Coots, the CEO of King Wholesale Pet Supplies, which is a national distributor out of Northern California, who's also been a Pet Boss Club member for a couple of years now, and she's on the board of WPA, the World Pet Association. And I'm interviewing Liz Schmidt, who is the vice president of sales and marketing at Packer Mellum, which is a sales rep group. She's also the co-owner of Momentum Carnivore Nutrition. They are a freeze-dried manufacturer of dog and cat treats, toppers, and food. Plus, I might share a little bit of my insights of what it's like to be a woman in the pet industry. This will be a great episode, so stick with us. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, 
have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. So my first guest on today's podcast is Heather Coots from King Wholesale. Welcome to the Bosher Business Podcast, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Now you are CEO of King Wholesale Pet Supplies, a national distributor out of California. Can you tell us more about King Wholesale and what you do there? We are a small family-ran distribution company, and we really try to focus on smaller pet stores and actually a lot of rumors as well, small pet businesses. We have a lot of pet boarding and daycare, and we want to support them to have a better product mix. We usually have a great offering of closeout deals I'll try and get from the vendors so then they can pass them on to their customers. We do have some outside sales reps on the West Coast, but everything is shipped small package and we ship nationwide. Oh, that's so cool. And this whole company was started by your mom. Is that right? Yes. My mom started it when I was really young, about three and a half. She always had a love for animals and just kind of, you know, at the time was just felt there weren't a lot of quality products. This is, you know, 86, so the late 80s, there weren't a ton of pet stores out there. And just in Northern California, we're a very small town. It's like a country town. And so, you know, even here, there weren't a lot of options. So she just started looking at resources and she really started on um, the groomer side. So Oster and Andis and, you know, the real old traditional companies and slowly over time just kept growing into more retail. And um, then we moved to a new facility that actually had a storefront that was in 2001 when I graduated high school. So with that move, we expanded and we opened up a retail store. That gave us, I think, a whole nother edge on where King Wholesale was going to go because we now were able to interact with customers, figure out what they were looking for. And that was kind of around the time when Bully Sticks became popular. Okay, yeah. I remember a lot of manufacturers didn't have them. So you know, I'm like, where can I get bully sticks? And so we got right onto bully stick. You know, that was a great experience. Then Petco and PetSmart came in, other smaller retailers came in. And, you know, with the pandemic, we didn't want to compete with our customers and have a website. And that was really the only way for this retail storefront for a while to kind of survive. So we focused on King Wholesale. We support the small businesses in our area and Honestly, it's been making King Wholesale stronger because now, as you know, when you do one thing and you do it well, it's just better. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had this whole evolution of the distribution and then getting the store, and which was a great learning lesson to then for you. And then cutting back into that and really going back to the roots of what your mom started. We're talking about women in the pet industry making history. You know, I think if you go back 1986, one probably women entrepreneurs back then were even less likely and um, didn't have, you know, even if we think about just all the support we have online today as business owners to just learn about anything, right? Anything you need to know, you can YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, 
But back then, you know, people, whether male or female, didn't have that either. So she was really, really had a lot of courage, I would think, and to be a new mom with a three and a half year old. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And she had my sister, you know, right around that same time. She had had a newborn and myself. And we joke that it's in our family and it's in our blood because my great, great grandmother. So her great grandmother actually owned a very well-known fruit stand restaurant in our town and it was called Maggie's Place and everyone knew it and so in our family we've always said we just have lots of strong women and you know it's always about having the can-do attitude like no excuses you can do it just put your mind to it you know yeah that's right you can do it just put your mind to it I know that your mother is no longer with us now right you've lost her to cancer yes we lost her to cancer in 2013 and you know the bittersweet part about cancer I think is that it did give her the time to kind of put me in and say, okay, here's where we're going. Here's her plans at least. So we kind of had the direction to an idea. And I joke that I think I work harder. I'm harder on myself now without her here than she was on me when she was alive. Yeah. And so for that reason, we've really been pushed and, um, you know, just tried to, We our biggest thing has been customer service for King mm-hmm. Wholesale. I, I think as a retailer, that's what I noticed was lacking because we don't carry pet food. It's a that's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would order through other distributors. And I just kind of saw that lack of care and customer service to these stores. And I'm thinking, okay, well, they don't have the cost to eat these things. And you want your packaging to look nice and not have bent corners and you don't want dust on it. So those are all things we've tried to instill in King Wholesale. And you know, taking care of problems and just doing the right thing. So we've always been slow growth. I'm sure I could have taken other opportunities and advertised more and, you know, grown a lot faster, but then it would have defeated the purpose of, you know, keeping our quality there. Yeah. And so from that experience, you as a retailer too, you probably were ordering other products from other places and realizing that, yeah, things do come damaged or ripped or even so close to their expiration dates. And Yes. Sometimes it's hard to get a hold of a company or even that they care or will handle it and take care of it for you. Absolutely. So you've had a lot of different experiences and you're a pet photographer as well, aren't you? Yes. I love pet photography. That all started when I was in, well, really young. Honestly, we have a joke that my grandpa would go to Walgreens, you know, and all he would do is buy me film and, you know, print out pictures of the dumbest animal pictures. <laughs> but, you know, I really took it serious in high school. That's actually what I you know, went to college kind of for in arts. And then I just decided, you know, the business seated me. I kind of switched directions, but I still love it. And I've used that in King Wholesale. So if you ever look at the King Wholesale Instagram feed or look at our weekly specials, I like personalizing it. I love it. I do work with a few vendors in the industry as well, doing commercial pet photography. And I also choose that as a lot of my give back to our local community for rescues too. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you are a powerhouse female in the pet industry for many years now. What has your experience been like as a female in the industry? I feel very lucky and blessed that I got to grow up in the industry from such a young age. So a lot of, you know, well, owners now, but a lot of reps and people I grew up with always knowing. So I felt always welcomed. And as I got older, there was always a decent amount of respect there because they're like, okay, well, you do know, you know, you know, not some young kid Mm -hmm. and I've had very good experiences, but I've seen it with others where there's been a struggle. And I've seen just in general that it's a male predominant 
industry. And sometimes I forget about it because I'm so focused on our business and what we're doing. I'm not thinking about it. And then I, you know, go to a trade show. And really, even when you look at a trade show today versus five years ago, what a difference it is. It's awesome to see that. But I've seen some of the struggles. And I think that now I have seen more women-owned businesses Mm -hmm. coming about. And because of that, it encouraged me to start working on my certification for the woman-owned business. And I should have jumped on it sooner, but it wasn't, not to say it wasn't a priority, but I'm just like, okay, I got to work on purchase orders and so right. other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I hear what you're saying there too. I bet your client, right? Your client of King Wholesale, there's a lot of women. But then when you go to a trade show or when you're working with all the, the vendors and manufacturers to to place in your catalog, that that is a very male-dominated industry. Absolutely. Yeah. But there are shifts. There are shifts happening. And we see it, I think, more too uh, within the industry with women stepping up into vice president and CEO roles or even on the WPA board, you know, previously have having had a female president. And so the opportunities are there. They're growing and happening more than they were previously. I I haven't been in the industry as long as you have, but I've been there 2004. And yeah, I've seen the transformation, too. And it's a good thing. It's a great thing. You know, not just with more women in the industry, but we definitely need more diversity of different ethnic groups and different people to, to come in and have their voices shared and there are more opportunities available to them as well. Absolutely. And it's funny, I was just listening to a webinar and they were saying how in the beginning, because it was a hiring staff one, and they were saying, oh, well, in the beginning of her business, she literally looked like her business had clones of her. You know, they all look similar to her. T- and then she was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, it's great. I duplicated myself. Everybody wants to duplicate themselves if they're a get- go-getter. And then she went, I'm doing such a disservice to my business because now I don't have different versions or ideas and people putting, you know, their input in. So now it's changed. And I have to say, I'm really lucky. I did used to have my mom, actually. We always had a lot of women working for us because we did always think, and there is that truth, they can multitask. And when you're a small business and you have to wear so many hats, it was at that time better. But then you realize you want the person that's right for the job. And so things have evolved. And honestly, now having more men in there, they do have a different take on things yeah. too. So yeah. it, it it's good to have the mixture and the diversity. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up the Women Business Certification from WBENC. Uh, we're going to link to their resources in our show notes for this podcast episode, which you guys can find by going to petboss.com forward slash episode 68. That's episode 68. And you'll be able to find how to connect with Heather and King Wholesale, but also how to learn more about becoming a certified woman-owned business. Can you tell us more about why this is now you pursuing the certification is important to you? I think that there's a lot of opportunities, even from a financial standpoint, Mm. that I guess I just never realized. It's not saying that that's needed, but also in certain positions, if you do bidded jobs, not that we Mm -hmm. do that, you know what I mean? But And there's a huge networking and resources. I think that's the biggest thing is, what are you missing? What can you be connected to? And I I have a really good friend that's, um, I think, part of Pet Boss Nation, but Kelly with Einstein Pets did it. Uh She kept saying how important it was to do. And I just said, I'll get there one day. I'll, you know, I'll help you if you need to. And I'm like, I'll get it there. And it's taken three or four years, but I'm finally getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, really it's it's a national organization that is, has resources and has the connections and the networking that, you know, as we start to think about that bigger vision for ourselves and 
what might be possible for, you know, yeah, I mean, you might be one store now, but what if you're actually the next local or regional chain? And, but how, how do you get the funding to get there? And how do you, or if you want to, I ha, we have a, a club member who has this amazing business in Florida. It's almost like a self-wash station, but it's all nail, nail trims. Okay. So like the dogs can go in and they have individual stalls and individual nail techs. And the, it's great for dogs who have a really hard time with getting their nails trimmed, but that's all she does. She's like hyper-specialized as nail technicians and she has her whole process. And I was like, we have got to get this you know, licensed out, it can go nationwide, you know, you're going to be the next, yes. like, you know, orange theory, but for dog nails, you know, like we're going to make absolutely it. it's not needed. Yeah. But, but then it's like, well, where do I start? How do I get the funding? Where do I, you know, you need a network of, of people who have those contacts, but also want to support lifting women up. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm excited. It it gives you 90 days. I'll tell everybody that to get all your paperwork in order. There's a lot of paperwork to get and documents. And I mean, it's not hard. I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, I'll get it done in 90 days. But it's, you know, I'm only halfway through still accessing everything. Yeah. That's so cool. So what else is in the future for you? Well, there's a lot of exciting things with King. We have been busy working on a new website, which if we have any customers on here, I apologize for the slowness of our website. That's why we've been working on a new one. But anybody with websites in IT knows it just never is easy. And there's a couple other new things that we'll try and do to just reward customers and try to create better relationships so that they know even from vendors. I mean, we want to be a really good funnel so that they're supported the right way. So with King Wholesale, we definitely look at improvement. But I also sit on the WPA board and I really look at continuing to do more with that, more with giving back to the industry. I, you know, I went on the board and was so unaware, I guess, of a lot of the good works and what WPA does as they joke around. They're not good at explaining what they do to everyone. So once you get in, you're like, wow, this is so great. I want to be more of a part, you know, a part of everything on there. So I'm excited to continue on with all of that as well. We'll link to the WPA's website and resources too on the show notes for this as Pet Boss Nation is a partner of World Pet Association and we love getting involved too. And I agree with you. There's so much there that people are just unaware of. So definitely go check it out. Yes. Now, Heather, you know, you're not a typical Pet Boss Club member. You joined, I think, a couple of years ago. And I'd love to, you know, ask you why, why is King Wholesale a member of the Pet Boss Club? So it's... It's funny you ask because I'm like, it actually gives me chills because when you first came out, I just went, this is what I could have used in 2001 all the way to 2010 or 15. And I had to figure out all of this on my own because even though we knew King of Wholesale and distribution well, I didn't understand retail. That was the whole new ball of wax. And then even then, you know, just a lot of the marketing ideas. And I, I just love what you want you to do. I want to support that. And then... You know, besides seeing what's going on, what retailers are doing to see how either I can help partner more or get involved, but also some experience I have from our store. Was there successful things? So, I mean, I'm not in the group all that much, but when I am, I try to answer back if I have some free time on certain comments, if it's relevant. And I really enjoy it. I think it's great. I commend you for doing it because I, I mean, what a great idea. It, it, I mean, and everyone's so lucky. That's all I can say is you're also lucky if you started your business to have Candace because I think it's so reasonable considering what is provided. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much for saying all of that. 
And it's interesting. I want to talk about my experience in the pet industry getting this going. When I first started, because we are now just turned six years old as an organization. And when I first started, I remember going to the trade shows and to walk around and meeting people and trying to say, hi, I'm, I'm a business coach and I'm, go- I'm here to support the independent business owner. And they looked at me and they would even kind of like laugh almost. And they were like, uh-huh, yeah, good luck helping helping them because they, this is like the main, you know, these are the manufacturers reps, you know, a lot of people yeah. that have been in the industry a long time who know, you know, like good luck helping them. Like they, they don't listen to anybody. They do, you know, they don't, they won't listen to your ideas. They don't even try to offer help or they won't be looking for help. And I was like, but I would have been discouraged, I guess, except I was one of them. I was the person that they were just talking about. And I was like, I have had my own store for a decade. I know what they go through. And the reason you guys haven't been able to help them is because you weren't them. You don't, you don't know what they need. I know what they need. And so I was like more driven because I was like, and that wasn't even a female thing, but it was more like a, yeah, good luck helping them. I was like, you just wait and watch. I will. (laughs) I will. And now we've crossed over 400 members. It's like, (laughs) it's amazing. And so I look back and now it's really wild because now these same, you know, people who were kind of like, yeah, good luck are now like, how can we be involved? How can we support you? What can we do? And, um, and, and so it's been, it's been really wild and it's, it's been fun too, for me to see the brands and the vendors that I did sell in my store when I, when I launched and I was doing this, they were, they were many of them who were very supportive too. And who were like, whatever you need to do, we can team up with you and support you. And so it's been fun when I see them at trade shows and for them to just be like, gosh, it's just so exciting to see kind of where this has evolved and come over the years. So I'm really proud of it. Like for me, I think about like with, you know, women making history in the pet industry this is a legacy that I've built and we're leaving and all of the assets and the resources that we share with all of these members, it's just like helping these small businesses thrive in their communities. I mean, it's, it's a really, really rewarding company we've built here. Well, and that's one thing I've always said is for a pet industry, we're so lucky. We, I mean, everybody that's, you know, listening, you and I, we're in the best part of the pet industry, yeah. I feel, because we get to help people spoil their pets. And yeah. how can you have a bad day when your job truly is, I mean, pets and happy and treating them, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so many other jobs out there I would, you know, be like, oh, I just don't know if I could do that, you know? Yeah. We're, we're blessed. We are. We are on a fun side of it. Well, Heather, thanks for being here today with me. I have one last question I always love to ask anyone that's on the show. And that is, what does bossing your business mean to you? So bossing your business, you know, the one thing in our King Wholesale that's important is integrity. That's kind of one of our company values. And I feel that I need to show that as a leader from my standpoint. So I want that to trickle down. And that also goes out to my vendors. When I'm choosing my new vendor partners, are they going to have integrity, stand by their words, do right by our customers? I've started to be a lot pickier, um, especially now just with the change in the world and stuff. You know, who am I partnering with? Mm-hmm. And I feel even as a customer, you're wanting to attract that customer that also has that. You know, are they going to be honest about their orders and, you know, know that, hey, you can give and take, but it's all going to work out. We all have to make money in the end, you know. Um, so for me, I would say just having integrity is going to go a long way. We can all yeah. work hard, but being just good people is really important. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Integrity is one of our top core values as a company as well. It's really important because once you have that, it's easy to make decisions on everything else. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks again for being here, Heather. 
to get all of the things that we've talked about today with Heather and to connect with her, visit PetBoss.com forward slash episode 68. Thank you so much, Candice. Well, my next guest that is with us today for this awesome Women in the Pet Industry episode is Liz Schmidt of Packer Melon Sales and Momentum Carnivore Nutrition. Welcome, Liz. Thank you, Candace. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so we're excited to have you too because you also are a Pet Boss Club member and yes. not a traditional club member in the sense, but you're part of our community. And I know that so many of our independent retailer members already have a great relationship with you and love you. So um, I'd love for you to just kind of briefly touch on why you are a Pet Boss Club member. Sure. I joined the club because I have friends in the club and it's fun to be in clubs with your friends, I guess. But more so, you know, I believe in what you're doing. I think it's a great network of people. I think when you can, I love learning. And when you can learn from someone specific to your industry, it's outstanding and you do so many good things. So I'm just here to share in the good things. Awesome. Thanks, Liz. And it's great. I love it when, you know, you're you're there to support in the community when there's, when our members have questions and also give some feedback, but it's been, it's kind of been fun to have a, a manual, well, a, a, a reps perspective on things sometimes. And you remind, uh, you remind our community that they can rely on their reps and they can rely on um, the other resources that they have available to them that they probably haven't tapped into. Absolutely. We want to help, you know, we love it when people call us with work to do. I mean, <laughs> So reach out. I always ask, you know, and I just want to be there to help. Great. So now you have been in the pet industry for just a little bit and have a really interesting, I think, career journey. I'd love for you to share with us how it all started and where you're at now. Sure. It kind of started accidentally when I just needed a job and got a job as an assistant manager at an independent pet store uh, near my house because I had a cat. So that seemed okay. And I'm so glad that it happened because it really just like started my journey of being passionate about nutrition and passionate about learning. And I just jumped right in. So I was in retail for a long time. I worked for Chuck and Don's in the heyday of Chuck and Don's. It was a blast and learned so much, really learned how to run a business. Left retail in what, 2011, when the opportunity came up to work for Primal Pet Foods. So I jumped out yeah, of my comfort zone. So you were, this was in Minneapolis was the Chuck and Don's that you were working yes. at. And that was in, I think, 2004, was it you started there? I think in 2006, I started okay. there. I worked also briefly at Atlas Pet Supply for a okay. year before I went to Chuck and Don's. Got it. And so then at Chuck and how big was that store about? You know, I'm terrible at square feet, okay. but like, <laughs> it was a $2 million store. Yeah, it's a lar- large yeah. store. Okay. So you're there and then you're learning about these brands and then a brand opportunity comes up with Primal. So were you introduced to Primal through working at Chuck and Don's? Yes, actually, uh, you know, some, some different reps in the industry really like when they gave their trainings on raw foods, it was like, okay, okay, I get this. I want to do this. I believe in this. It works. And it does work. You know, we just Mm -hmm. lost three dogs last year, but they were 16, 16 and 18. So it works. I knew the primal rep, Dana Singleton. And oh, yep, she's um, fantastic. We love Dana. She's amazing. And, you know, get training from her if you can. So I met her and knew her. And when the, when the local guy left, I was like, hello, I would like to do this. And so it just happened. And I suddenly was running eight states for primal. I took my first trip to Arkansas and Oklahoma to sell, you know, organic 
raw pet food, which was different in 2011 than it is today. But I fell in love. I love teaching people about anything that can help. And so it was raw food at that time. And it was amazing. And then Rob came along with an opportunity. You know, he was just thinking about starting a company, Packer Mellum Sales. And we, <laughs> I was his first rep. We repped three brands when we started in 2014. That was wild because I just left a stable brand that was an amazing product. You know, I, phenomenal people, amazing product. I learned so much there, but I thought maybe there can be more than this and went over to work for Rob. We just ran around the country talking to stores about products and about just these three, these three initial brands. And now, and now brands. how many brands are you repping? We have, I think, 16 in our portfolio uh-huh. right now. A couple are regional, most are national, and we now have a team of 14 people and wow. a national company. So wow, um, it's been, oh, the team of people that we have is just like, I could cry about how amazing they are. I mean, I could cry about our retailers. I could cry about our distributors, our manufacturers, like whatever. I'm just Yeah, you're clear, clearly passionate about the industry. I, yeah, it, it's real. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be for sure, which is awesome. It's whatever year we started in 2014 at Packer Mellum. So we're almost going to be nine years old. And I now manage the sales team. I'm our VP of sales and marketing and a co-owner of the company. And so I lead the team. I just passed off my last territory to one of our territory reps. And so now my time is spent really going and working with our sales reps to uh, build leaders and meet more retailers across the country and share like the things I learned from you with uh, uh, more people. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And and so I love this growth where, you know, you start as a sales associate at a local pet store and then this whole career has blossomed over the years. And I think it's important for us as small business owners in our local communities to, to remind our employees that there are amazing opportunities within this industry. Honestly, like really people shouldn't stay with us forever. When we hire them, we hope that we can build those leaders within our companies so that they do build skills and grow and want to move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't, like I didn't graduate from college. My store went through a remodel and I took a semester off. That was a long semester. I'm not here to say that college is the right or the wrong path. It's an outstanding path for some people, but I know people that hin- that that hold themselves back because of that. So it's okay to just step into that and not let it make you feel like you can't own a company. Right. Or company. yeah, less than or in any way or, or prevent you from applying for a job. I mean, really exactly street cred, street experience, getting the experience and making the connections and networking with people is way more important than, you know, having a college degree. I mean, I have a very expensive college degree and I went and worked in corporate America for one year and then said, Nope, I'm starting my own company, mom and dad. <laughs> I was I think, like 20, 22 or 23. And they were like, what? We just spent a hundred thousand dollars on college education, you know, and, and here I am and how things I'm sure I learned. Uh, apply, but I've been self-employed since I was 23. So I, that degree doesn't doesn't matter at all, <laughs> you know. In I my world, from like generations of entrepreneurs, and yeah. it's so funny because it didn't dawn on me until I'm like in my late 30s, and now I'm in my 40s, and it's like, 
oh, maybe there's, maybe there's something here. Maybe yeah. This is what you're supposed to be doing. So yeah. we didn't even talk about momentum yet. I know. Um, so that, that's you know. the next piece. So, so yeah. you you are currently are full-time still at Packer Mellum, right? Yes, absolutely. It's in this new role that's leading your sales team and your co-owner of that company. Okay. Yes. And now this whole other opportunity with momentum has happened. Tell us about that. Absolutely. So Momentum Carnivore Nutrition is a freeze-dried company that is based out of Manitowoc, Wisconsin. It's family-owned originally. Tony and Rob Moretti are the original owners of the company. And Rob Mellum, who owner, main owner and founder of Packer Mellum, decided to partner with them. And he brought along the first three original Packer Mellum employees with him for ownership in this company. So it's Rob Mellum, me, Greg Perkins and Travis Eskenazi, who are all partnered with the original Momentum owners. So it's this fantastic thing where we have this awesome manufacturing facility where they're really doing it right. And then we have the Packer Mellum team who is out in stores and able to just talk to people about the things that they want and kind of just create cool products for independent pet retailers. So it's like surreal for me to see Momentum products on the shelf next to whatever other brand you want to name drop that's awesome out there because it's Uh like, oh, whoa, cool. Yeah. It sounds like you're the only female from the Packer Mellum side that's on it. Is Tony a female or not? Yes, Tony Tony (laughs) is a female. Yeah. Okay. So two women helping run in the company too. That's great. Absolutely. There's representation there in the mix. What's that like with six owners of a company? That's got to be hard. I mean, is somebody in charge? Is somebody like the primary person? You know, obviously everybody has different percentages of ownership, but we've never had a discussion that boiled down to that being a deciding factor. Everybody has a lot of strengths. And I think we all are really able to get our egos out of the way in areas that are not our strengths. And so maybe our idea isn't going to move forward that time. But someone who has more expertise in that area is, is like showing up and saying really good things. So like, let's go with that. Yeah. I think when you can just always put learning first, you can get rid of some of that group stuff that gets in the way. Well, I think in the ego, I think what you said there with ego is really the most important and understanding that no one person can do it alone. And we, like you said, we each have our own strengths and weaknesses and we need to lean in on the strengths of others to really see success. So Mm -hmm. That's great. Okay, cool. So what's the future of Momentum? Oh, man, we have some ideas. Um, We just installed a new freeze dryer that doubles our capacity. So that's really exciting. So we can really grow and meet the demand that has really come since the new rebrand and the packaging change, which is exciting. But we just want to listen to the retailers when we create new products. Great. Well, we, we will link to all of those businesses as well as I'll include Dana's information too on the show notes for this podcast. Please do. Yeah. Cause she's teaching retailers now about just selling raw and inc- increasing their raw sales overall, no matter what the brand is. So we will connect to that listeners. You guys can get all the access to um, these resources at petboss.com forward slash episode six, eight. That's episode 68. Now you have some kind of, I think, key lessons, key things that you wanted to make sure that our listeners at least like thought about there as a woman in the pet industry who is wanting to make the most of their time here. There were some things I think you wanted to share. Sure. Well, I guess just as an example of my own journey, 
take risks because when I left retail to go work at Primal and take this job that was scary and you had to travel by yourself and everything, there was a lot of unknowns to that. But if it excites you, take a risk. I think that that's something that has moved me forward in every step of the way. And the other thing, I guess, is keep learning. And notice when your learning is hard and notice when it comes naturally. And if you have the ability to do more learning in areas that comes naturally, it's not as exhausting. So if you're able to craft the things that you focus around what is more fun, I think that that's a little bit helpful. For me, if I hadn't learned how to plan better in like, I don't know, 2017, when Packer Mellon was growing into the company that is now, I would not have the skills that I need to be a co-owner of Momentum. So I think for me, learning while I'm in a role, instead of sometimes maybe taking an easier route of avoiding that thing, it's really just been foundational for the next things that come your way. So, you know, always keep learning. The third thing that has helped me a lot is doing things that other people won't do. Stepping outside your own role to volunteer for opportunities that might be available. Like when I was in retail, I was on committees that was that were writing company standards. And so now fast forward, when I'm in a retail store, I can share that experience of what it was like to write company standards and what types of customer service values might be helpful. So that was one way where that was helpful. And then like when I worked for Packer Mellum, a lot of the reporting that you get in the pet industry comes in a little bit of an archaic form. So we just were able to take different reports from different manufacturers or different distributors and kind of look at them separately to try to figure out our business. And so I just said, this is not it. And just spent maybe, I don't know, 10 business days combining all of this Excel data. None of it was formatted to merge at all. And so we actually had a real um, very detailed look at what our business looked like. And that grew into now our rep in Connecticut, Jen Mason is our data analyst, and she is the one who builds all of this and puts it together and I didn't have to do it, but I did it the first time, did all that ugly, I mean, maybe somebody listening who is passionate about Excel thinks that this sounds like a dream, but (laughs) they are out there. They exist. (laughs) Exactly. And we are so grateful for that. And I, and I love it. I get excited about what I'm learning from it, but like doing it sometimes I would prefer to delegate it. So, but we have, so yeah, that's great. But do things that other people won't do because like they bring so much. I love that. So the first thing is to take risks and bet on yourself. Second thing is to keep learning. And the third is to do things that other people won't do. So since we're talking about being a woman in the pet industry, I would love for you to share kind of your experience, good or the bad of what it's been like to be a woman in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think being a woman anywhere has the good and the bad, right? right? (laughs) So whether it's this industry or just going to the grocery store, but um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, that's true. I mean, I, until here's the thing we, as women can speak more freely or feel more comfortable speaking more freely about it than we used to. And that's the reality is that because we didn't talk about these things publicly for so long that a lot of, you know, even men in our lives didn't realize the things that we're putting up with in every scenario, whether it was work or life. And so, you know, you, you laugh and joke about that saying the grocery store, but it's like, it's true. I mean, I've had some of those interesting conversations now with my husband where like, 
we might be watching a movie or something. And he's like, is that like real? Do you, do you experience those things? I'm like, yeah, that, that happens, you know? So anyway, I preface that because this is an episode about, you know, uh, women making history, women's experiences. And so just wanted to acknowledge that. I think it's important to notice that kind of stuff. And I think that that's one of the reasons why as a woman, I think it's great to build that foundation of your own, the belief that you have about yourself, because mm-hmm. getting, you know, back to like learning all the time and growing as a person, I don't, whenever I was trying to learn and grow as a person, because I wasn't satisfied with where I was currently, it's building differently than it is when you're building from a foundation of I'm good with where I am now, but I still want to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think being good with where you are now probably sets you up for more success. If you get into some situations where I don't know any kind of uncomfortable situation where being a woman in the the industry is something that you notice impacting what's going on around you, you Mm -hmm. know, so Mm -hmm. building um, that confidence muscle, uh, you know, whether it is to educate, like you're saying, learning and education to build your own confidence and, and knowledge, but then the confidence and standing your ground to know how to either meet what's happening in the moment or say, I'm not okay with this. I'm going to leave this situation. Absolutely. I think I'm 41 now. So I think I handle this differently than I probably handled it when I entered the pet industry Yeah. as far as direct communication and knowing what boundaries I feel are right or right for me. But I think that in any situation, it's good to be able to just speak up and draw boundaries if you need to draw boundaries in relationships that you have in the industry. And I also think that you can tell as a woman in the industry, when you're working with men who love working with women and supporting women, and you can tell when you're working with men who don't listen to women as much. Mm -hmm. And so I just try to take notice and then just put my energy where it feels like it should be. Yeah. You know? Where you're, where you're feeling supported and where, you know, you can excel yeah. with, yeah, you got to find your right people. <laughs> Absolutely. Because whether, whether male or female majority are fantastic, you mm-hmm. know, and the men that I surround myself with are uh, exemplary, mm-hmm. you know, exemplary. They are. Yeah, they are. And um, how about just finding our own strong, other strong women and lifting them up too in the industry? Absolutely. I mean, that's just a passion of mine. I, you know, and not in some like big way or anything like that, but just in everyday interactions, you know, I think when I, whether I'm working with my team or working with other vendors or whoever, having real conversations and work, you know, being vulnerable with people so that you can just, it's okay to talk about what our strengths are and be proud of what our strengths are. And it's okay to talk about what our weaknesses are and what our fears are and, and not feel any type of guilt or shame or worse than other people, because we have fears because, you know, those are kind of the things that push you. I mean, to be honest, it kind of scares me to be on this podcast and, you know, I don't need to go give a whole nother podcast about all the things that I did to make sure that, you know, I didn't freak out or something like that. But, um, you grow a lot when you step into things that you're afraid of. And there's no reason to be afraid of sitting here talking to Candace. That's crazy. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to say that in a rude way because every feeling that you have like that is justified. But if you can 
if you can step into that a little bit, you're going to grow. Because some of the ideas that I have for my companies are definitely involving talking to people on camera. And if I'm not going to do it, because do you see me on camera previously? No, you I, do not. No, yeah, 100% accurate on this, that people hide and they stay small and they don't move forward with their big visions for what they want to accomplish or big ideas, either A, because people in their lives are telling them it's a stupid idea or telling them they can't do it, right? Belittling them or worse, we do it to ourselves, right? We, we, we are our worst own. We do it to ourselves and we hold ourselves back. When we can face our own fears and courages, it does inspire other people to do the same thing. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to talk about it while you're in it, not just share it after you've fixed it. Exactly. Yeah, I want to wrap this up by asking you one last question that I love to ask all my guests. And because the podcast is called Boss Your Business, <laughs> I want to know what does bossing your business mean to you? Sure. For me, it really means being intentional with what I'm doing and present where I am. Because, and I don't mean just like sitting there being present, accomplishing nothing, but I mean, you know, you can do all the things, but if it's the wrong intention, you're not working on the right thing. And if you're not present, if you're a million other places while you're there, you're not doing as good of a job as you could be. So when I am intentional about what I'm doing and present where I am, there's nothing wrong. Perfect advice. Well, Liz, thank you so much for being here today. I look forward to seeing how Packer Melm and Momentum all continue to grow in the pet industry. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure and I just really appreciate the opportunity. I just want to wrap this episode up by saying another big thank you to my guests, Heather and Liz, for being on this episode today. And, you know, just to share a little bit more about my journey too, and as a woman in the pet industry, I started in this industry when I was only maybe 24 years old. And there were a lot of different experiences that maybe weren't uh, the safest or the (laughs) most comfortable. But, you know, as I grew in my confidence and found, like we've talked about on this episode, people who you do trust and people who want to support you and lift you up. Those are the people that you want to surround you yourself with. I also had experiences where maybe my ideas or things I wanted to do weren't taken seriously. And if that's happening to you, I just want you to keep pushing forward towards your goals, learn more of what you can, because the people who do want to support you are here. They are here in the industry. I hope that whatever you're wanting to achieve for yourself and for your business and other women around you, that you go get that. I believe you can do anything. And I want that for you. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And I look forward to connecting with you again on our next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Boss Your Business podcast by Pet Boss Nation, your go-to resource for pet business owners and pet industry professionals. If you found value in today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many others. Your subscription, which is totally free to this podcast, ensures that you never miss an episode packed with insights and tips and stories and strategies to help your pet business grow. And I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave us a review and rate the podcast because your feedback means a lot to what you love most about the show and it helps others in the pet industry discover this resource. And if you know somebody who could benefit from the information that we share here, don't keep it a secret. Please consider sharing it with them. 
We're better together and we can help build a thriving community of pet business owners and professionals in so many local communities. And if you want more, including links to the show notes or exclusive freebies and content that we provide, then make sure you visit petboss.com. That's where we have all kinds of goodies for you to grow your pet business and hang out with us on social too. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all by visiting Pet Boss Nation. Once again, thanks so much for being part of our Pet Boss community. And until next time, keep bossing your business.